Inspiration and creativity don't necessarily hit at the same time. Sometimes the ideas don't flow at all. The push and pull of a creative's life is measured by making ideas come alive. Sometimes you need every tool in your arsenal just to get it over the finish line. Concentric Circles takes you into the lives of professional creatives. We present failures and successes, tips and tricks, and some honest talk on what it means to be a creative in the now. Well, hello and welcome to Concentric Circles, the show that explores what it takes to excel as a creative professional in the 21st century. My name is Jim Tramontana, and joining me today are three fellow prolific creators, Vinny Fiorello, Obi Fernandez, John O'Diener. Let's get right to it. Vinny, what's going on and what are we going to talk about today? Well, first, let me say uh, it's our first episode, right? Yeah. So I uh, got it over at least the starting line, and uh, that's pretty great. That's really so uh, tonight, though, we're going to talk about trust. And for me, it's all about, you know, choosing that co-conspirator, right? Taking the idea and having it and presenting it to someone and putting that like sort of weight on the other person that everything's going to come out the way that it should in a perfect world. But, you know, we don't live in a perfect world, right? So sometimes things go south and... Sometimes they go much better than anyone could ever imagine. So we're going to talk about trust and trust in the process and trust in your friends and trust in sometimes your enemies too uh, that are friends-ish, right? So uh, we're going to go through it, but let me say hi to uh, Obi, my friend, and Jono. How's it going? What's up, man? Cool, man. Well, uh, let's kick it off, man. It's that trust. Like, have you guys ever felt it? Uh, go with Ghana first. <laughs> yeah, um, I. It's been a long road <laughs> to uh, appreciating trust and learning how to um, trust people. Period. <laughs> uh, so I guess, um, and we've talked about this kind of thing in the past too. So when it comes to like musical collaboration, super important. Um, and I have been in various groups now. So early on, it was just my brother and I. Uh, <laughs> I, want to, I, I want to say it just so we could do the thing in a band called The Swellers. Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna, by the we're going to ding every time we talk about one of our old bands. Um, so when I was in a band with my brother, uh, for the longest time, it was just him and I writing songs. And then the other guys would show up and be like, here's the stuff, put your special sauce, you know, on top of what we already have. Then as time went on, I started playing in other bands. Um, there's a band called Braided Veins that I'm in now. And I don't know if that's a ding worthy one. I don't know if you're ding. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I was, anytime. I was like, that one, does, that's not ding worthy right there. Um, but that band was uh, my first experience in a complete democracy when it comes to songwriting and trust. And over time, you know, you at least say, hey, let's give it a shot. Each person does their thing. And then it, whatever comes out at the end isn't anything you expected to begin with, but <clears throat> that's what makes it its own unique, super cool thing. So, you know, I went from one side of it to the other and I've learned different lessons and tried to like dip in and out throughout the, throughout my path. You know, it's like for me, trust, it's 
you know, taking that idea that you have and bringing it to somebody uh, or multiple people and having uh, the idea that it's okay to take this, whatever it is, and hand it over to somebody else, right? And uh, being okay with that because it's hard sometimes, right? Like sometimes you're cultivating it and it's your baby and you have a certain vision about it and you don't want anyone else to touch it. You don't want anyone else's opinion. But hey, like sometimes, you know, in, in the idea of like a producer, right? I mean, everyone that is on uh, the show right now uh, has some story about sitting down with a producer and talking about songs. And ultimately, when you're hiring that person or when that person's there, uh, you're, you're putting the, the song idea and they're supposed to kind of put it through their filter and make it happen, right? You know, and I've had some really good uh, experiences with producers and they put it through a song and an idea through the filter and it came out the other side and I felt great about it, man. It's, uh, you know, where it elevated and amplified the song. And then there's other producers that we had the song and we were in the studio and uh, the song just, and the ideas just didn't come and they didn't come easy. And Mm -hmm. I felt that sometimes where a producer went to, uh, somebody else, hey, we should do this, but it wasn't a group effort. And it felt that 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 trust and the idea, you know, it just wasn't there anymore, right? Yeah, I think there's a few components to trust, right? I think for me personally, like, um, whether I'm the guy leading the vision, right? Because we've all been those dudes, we know what it's like to drive, and we know what it's like to, to say, hey, here we're at point A, but we want to get to point B. So we, we've been those, those dudes like leading the vision. Oh, I think we just lost Obi. <laughs> Obi yeah. was complaining earlier about his internet, and we may have just lost him. So I think he's just really thinking about what he's about to say. Really thinking very, he's very just hard. Praying, being like, you know what? I think something's going to pan out. Um, well, I was going to say I could kind of take it to where, like, from where he was going. Sure. By the time he eventually he's comes back. Oh, um, there he is. Hey, welcome, welcome to the land of the living. So we lost you at the taking the vision. Um... Yeah, so really short. The fundamental thing behind trust for me is actually um, is actually what am I submitting to? So regardless of where I sit on the team, if I'm leading the team, if I'm just like regular guy, like just running, you know, errands, whatever it is, um, I got to submit to the vision. I've got to submit and trust that whoever's taking me there is actually going to take me there and I can work with them and I can give of myself and they're going to give of themselves to me. There's actually choices that happen in that process. And, um, you know, that's the fundamental thing behind trust for me is, is, is can I get out of the way and will my team get out of the way too for the greater good of what yeah. we're trying to accomplish? Well, how do you know when to trust the that you're because because we're all been in situations where we have to be the leader of maybe a group or leading ourselves. How do you make the decision that it's the right thing to trust the other person and maybe take a back seat versus taking the the leadership role? Like when when do you know it's the right time? Man, I I don't think you you know right. You have to kind of go in with an open mind, and it's something that we touched on just as we were talking like casually while we were we were kind of preparing for the show. It's that there, there are people who have just a soul vision, right? They wake up and they go, hey, 
like this is the idea and they go and they see the idea from the seed to the, the fully formed idea. Right. And that kind of blows me away. Right. And there's no other involvement, but for myself and for other people, you're, you're have this idea and you have the seed and you're taking it, whether to a producer or even let's take it out of that world and a manufacturer. I have this print that I want to do, or I have this t-shirt design that I want. And you're going to a, a manufacturing plan or a, a pressing plant for a record. You have to put a lot of faith in that, that, that person knows exactly what mm -hmm. they're doing. Right. Yeah. And yeah. I think that even before it, it the car starts, you know, uh, you have to be okay. These people know what they're doing and that faith that they know their craft and they can, you know, it, it's that amplify idea that I like, you know, where, Oh, I'm thinking about doing a pop-up record or a, you know, three grooved record. Mm. You're taking it to this person who can make that happen. And they've done really cool things before. And you're having faith that they could take your idea and make it, into something really super special, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, re recently we've been working a lot, <clears throat> Vinny and I and, and Jono, where, where there's a bunch of people that we're kind of like constantly working with and constantly in contact. And something we've been kind of saying over and over again, which I think is really important to your question, Jim, about how do you know when you're leading something, when to trust, is, is that if you're the guy leading the project, you, part of your job is to trust, but I think part of your job is also to like build up the people around you, right? Yeah. So you've got to spend just as much time building those people up, letting them know that you believe in them, letting them know that you you think they can actually get it done. Right. Because if I'm second guessing or if I start micromanaging, you know, that person's not going to give me what you know, they're all they're going to they're going to be insecure about what they're bringing forward. You know, and one of my favorite things about, you know, working with with Vinny and stuff has been like we just, we just need to feel good. We want to move the needle forward every day, but it's got to feel good, you know. And when you create that environment and you bring people into it, I think it makes a, a huge impact. What were you going to say, Jonah? Um, I was going to say, like each of us outside of music have our own um, collaborative endeavors. Uh, so like Obi, for example, you're dealing with bands and you have deadlines and you have to make merch for these people <laughs> and you have to get it to them on time. And like, uh, that's another, there are so many facets of creativity that are people behind the scenes and if things aren't running smoothly and you don't like, there's a lot more to a band dynamic than these are the four or five, or, you know, in most of your cases, the ska band 55. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I was just going to say that <laughs> <laughs> like in, in the band itself, you know? Uh, but then outside of that, like Vinny's talked about it before, like you have the road crew, you have all these people, your merch people, you have everyone like that you're dealing with and kind of like constantly in cahoots with. Right. Um, but in my world as a writer, and this is outside of music, I have to deal with like my version of a producer would be an editor. So whether it be comics or just like normal, uh, like publications and that kind of thing, I have to submit a thing I did and assuming I'm proud of it, hand that to them. And there's more that usually goes on than, uh, than just them going, oh, here we're, you can make this an M dash instead of making this a comma or a semicolon or whatever. What actually happens is that actually structurally we should change this. And depending on who you're working with, they have a different way of going about it, which is super terrifying because in that world, they can pick whichever photo they want. They can change the title, whatever you want. It's the same with like novels. 
Like I've recently found out that they literally can name your novel for you and you don't necessarily get to pick because it's no. up to the publisher. Um, so there have been times where, you know, respect and trust go hand in hand. And there have been times where I have had to politely bow out of a situation and not in the sense of I'm not going to work with this person, but more of if this is the way you operate, I'm going to let you do this because it's all I know how to do right now. <laughs> you know, I don't want to yeah. like ruffle any feathers, but um, you know, I've gotten, I've seen published work I've done with errors and just things that are not what I said. Um, and the same goes in songs too, where like you could work on lyrics or, and then someone will change a line or something. If you're not there, like little things like that to where you're like, it sucks that ownership out of it, but you have to remember that part of trust is, you know that going into it every single time. And if you don't, then you're kind of screwing yourself over. Well, you know, you bring up a, a pretty good point too, because, you know, whether it's a, a, a band or whether it's, you know, editor versus writer or, you know, illustrator and, and designer, how you're ever putting it in there, there's roles of people that you work with, right? And sometimes they're, a given role, like in a band, you're, oh, you're the guy that's, you know, going out and always doing X. And then you're the guy who's doing Y, you know, and that, that kind of blows my mind because sometimes you go, Hey, here, here's the role of whoever it is, you know, and I'll go with the band because we were talking about that. Right. Yeah. So let's say you're trusting that person who's going to mix the record, right. That's their role. Right. But, dude, th that person can put, and, and you, sometimes you expect it and sometimes you don't, you know, where they're putting their own headspace into it and they're putting their own sort of like special sauce onto it. And you're not really asking for that. You're asking for a mix, you know, and because you liked what you heard before. But sometimes they're taking your idea and kind of twisting it. And it's the same thing, you know, if you hand in something to an editor, an editor can structurally shift it around and, and and make it sound and make it read totally different right and the same thing as a mixer and that's the thing that i've always in 27 years of being in a band i've always went okay if this is this person's role then they should be doing that but that's not necessarily true right yeah. you know and that kind of at a certain point makes me go you know the the trust aspect of it just shouldn't be there sometimes right like and you're you're kind of naive by putting that weight on somebody that they're going to come through and then uh on the brighter side there's sometimes where you put it out there and that person runs with it and it's fucking awesome right like, so I, I don't know man it, it kind of blows me away Play, playing in a band has definitely helped me um manage teams and then when i hear you kind of talk about what we just did Vinny, like really you're bringing up expectations yeah and like you know expectations is actually like something that like most bands don't talk about maybe maybe they do but it's like one of those things i mean i know for for me um we didn't really talk about it very much because we just wanted it to be this like organic thing right so you don't you don't plan but you know you live and you learn but playing in a band has taught me how to move forward and when i do manage teams because here's the thing about, and here you go, Jim, hit the ding, bam, <laughs> give it to me. Uh, the, the special thing about Westbound is you had really strong personalities. You had super strong personalities, you had quirky personalities, you had different musical tastes, 
And so everybody kind of brought that to the table. But the cool thing was, is that when everybody's quirks got together, there was something really beautiful that happened. So I kind of, my takeaway from that, you know, leaving band world and going into, you know, you know, maybe organizational world or whatever, whatever team I've got, I'm always trying to find like, what's the, what's the secret sauce? What's the thing that kind of brings us together so that we can actually talk about expectations? Cause you got to feel safe enough to actually get into that, that conversation, you know? Um, I've got to feel comfortable enough where like, you know, John, if we're working together, you're saying, hey, I need this by Friday and I need it like this. It's got to hit this bar, you know, and I can't take that from you and go, oh, man, he's kind of he's kind of being a dick right now. Like, no, it's just it's a part of like what we're trying to get done. Yeah. You know I mean, but yeah. if we can find, you know, I think that's a part of it. You know, I think if trust is being built, you're building up the people around you, building up the people on your team and you're finding those things that bring you guys together that align you guys um creatively and mentally that are going to take you to the finish line toward the, vi the vision i think that's that's the good stuff right there you know well, and, oh god i was gonna ask uh obi um like what do you do in a situation where um you know like in bands especially in ska bands there's a, like we said a 55 to a thousand people in there you know the the last uh um, band i was in uh was a three-piece all right I, last band red hot rebellion um, hit the button, a three-piece, and I purposefully put that band together as a three-piece because I didn't, because I've been in ska bands, I've been in big bands, and, I, and I'm always wondering where where X, Y, and Z are, and with a three-piece, with a power trio, I only have to keep my eye on two guys, and if I can see one guy, the other guy in, somewhere in the club can probably see the other guy, and we know where everyone's doing, and we're kind of circle around each other, so like, when you move outside of like, I guess a band world where you're now like as a, as a business owner and you're dealing with, um, you know, a, a large organization, like what, what is like the optimal size of like the team you need and then where does it, and how does it differ depending on the project? I mean, I think, yeah, I think it depends. It's like a project for projects. So to answer your question in terms of like band world, you drink. That's just yeah. what you do. That's what you deal with it. What if two of the guys in your band are sober and uh, you're you, the only one that drinks? You get new, you get new bandmates. <laughs> but I think outside of that world, I think it, I think really just it, it's all relational. You know, I think, you know, so and I think it comes down to like value, like value and relationships. And I think a lot of times it's easier to start small and grow. Because when you're starting small, you can people can kind of grab a hold of, of whatever the values are, and then they're going to take that with them wherever they go, right? You want the, you want people to be able to take your stuff home and, and live it and breathe it and touch it. You want it as tangible as possible. And then as you that's that's kind of the, the hope. So I think, you know, it's funny, I had a conversation this afternoon and and it was one of those conversations where it was like, huh? what if like the culture's bad like is it ever like can you redeem bad culture you know that's where like trust is broken and trust is you know i would love to hear your guys opinion on that too because like what if what if the trust just isn't happening like how do you how do you turn turn it around you know like how do you bring it back and put it on course um i've been in situations where uh you either it's brutally honest conversation and like no holding back, like you yell at your friend because they're your friend and you yell at each other and you grow from it and then you are twice as tight as you were before. Or you smell from a mile away, oh, this is so over and I'm just counting down. <laughs> uh, because I've done that with like many bandmates in the past where 
like my I'm and people tell me all the time I'm like pretty brutal straightforward but it's because I don't have time like like I'm saying the same thing I don't have to like I'm not being mean about things I'm just saying the thing that I think should happen right um and that kind of goes to other times where people are so terrified of these emotions they don't necessarily trust my reactions or each other's or whatever so I've had people like um, walk around very serious issues for months, but then meanwhile, their behavior shows like, Hey, I don't give a shit. This kind of sucks. Whatever. If I had someone, I would rather someone go, Hey, I'm out. And I would go, Oh, why? Well, this reason, this reason I go, Oh, I get it. All right, man. Sorry. Yeah. Sucks. I hope we can be friends. You know, I would rather have that awkward interaction. That's like instantaneous than, uh, I don't know, because that's the stuff that drives you fucking crazy, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Do you trust each other enough to tell the truth? You know? Well, yeah. It, it's that it starts to get that point where you start to drag it out. Right. Sometimes that if someone's not going to come head to head with it, it's just going to be that constant. Well, what is that person going to do? And, and what's the reaction of that person? And I don't know if you could ever get the trust back after that, man, to be honest with you. You say, mm -hmm. how can you get it back on course? obviously there's that honesty there that that gets it back on course right but if the person's not wanting that and the person already sort of made up their mind that they want to go but they're just kind of not willing to step over that finish line or head for the door i don't know if the trust ever could come back man like mm -hmm. and and that's a, a a wild idea and you know the, the project that that me and obi and alex right i didn't know Alex very well, you know, uh, we played some shows at Big D in the kids table and he plays guitar, right? And, and that, uh, I knew you, we've been friends for a while. And to sit down and kind of talk with a stranger about, this is where I wanted to go and are, are you cool with that? And he, he's a very uh, interesting cat anyway. When we sat down uh, and we were going through some ideas and we're kind of like picking through and we were in Orlando and uh, stuck in a room together, right? And I, I knew him, but in essence, you know, he was a stranger to me. And to go through lyric lines and idea and vibe with somebody and just kind of putting it out there and trying to read, going, is he into this? Is he going to run for the door? Like, is he not like down? Like, what, what's what's going on? And uh, it's scary. At that moment, it's a scary, dude, it's a yeah. scary thing because you have these ideas and like I said, there's these little seeds and sparks of inspiration and they might be scratched out on pads or they might be on your phone or, or, or anything, man, or, you know, recorded on hard drives. And it, it takes a lot of courage, I think, to bring it to other people, man, and mm -hmm. be judged on that, you know? And I, I always, uh, always had and always have that fear, right? Of here's, here's, the best that I could do is the best good enough for somebody else that we're working with. Absolutely. That's really interesting to hear that coming from you, Vinny, especially because of like the type of lyrics that you've written in less than Jake, um, <laughs> because like some of those lyrics are, you know, they seem very, very personal and they're very, and you know, they've been the soundtrack to a lot of people's lives growing up. And to hear that you still have some sort of insecurities about new 
new stuff you're working on, at least for me as a guy who struggles with his own insecurities and issues and whatever, it's, it's kind of inspiring to know that we're all kind of always dealing with that same fear and trust issue, no matter what project you come into. So absolutely. You know, the, the one thing I want to bring up, uh, you know, I, I have a book I, that's coming out 619. It's coming out at 624. Ding that thing. Because that gets a ding. Yeah. Uh, you have a plug button and then a yeah, ding. Yeah, yeah okay. Yeah. <laughs> Next time, yeah, we'll separate it. Dings for bands, a boing for for our books and other shit. Yeah. Uh, with, with the with the book, you know, it's was myself and it was you know laid laid out and there's some pretty raw things, but I had asked Jim to do the audio version because I couldn't during in the middle of this pandemic, uh, I couldn't get all the gear, learn, learn what I was supposed to do. So I had Jim do it and we, we talk about it. And there was some awkward moments where he was like, I read this and it really hit me in this way because, and I yeah. felt weird giving him, okay, you have to, you have to, you know, <laughs> sort of read this and, and do it. But then to talk about it afterwards made me kind of like queasy because I, <laughs> yeah. uh, I was laying, you know, there's some stuff that's, that's, pretty raw emotionally you know that that i wrote so yeah uh, and it, it's fine and dandy and this one's crazy because it's fine it's fine to do it and to be you know have this sort of creative moments and you're putting it out into the world but the minute for me that someone wants to discuss sort of the the emotionality and the thing yeah. i'm like oh let's i, I gotta know. go I'm with you. I'm so with you. You know, it's funny on, on the flip side of that too. Like when, when I first got, you know, like lyrics that you, you sent me lyrics to the, the first tune that we kind of started working on and I still have like the voice memo of it in my phone. There was like kind of like this vocal, like rhythmic thing that I really wanted to do with the lyrics because you write lyrics a certain way. And I remember like, just like, all right, hit and record on my phone and sit with my guitar. And then it took me a minute before I sent you back like the song idea, because I was like, dude, I don't want to send this back to him. Like, <laughs> like ah, what, do I, I don't, what is, you know, it's like, and I'm also not used to taking somebody else's lyrics. Like, you know what I mean? I'm used to being oh, the guy, yeah. like, you know, so that, that to me was like a whole, just a whole nother thing. But which leads me to that point is that there was already like this mutual respect there. You know what I mean? And so you, you start, I wanted to handle what you gave me with such care, you know? Yeah. Well, that is, man. It's, it's handle with care. If you have that mutual respect, right? You want to do the right things for the people that you're working with. You know, you want to handle the idea with care. You want to handle whatever they're throwing at you with care. And, and I would assume that the person who's doing that, you know, the idea and handing it off, they, they want you to do that, right? Totally. Because that's how I feel, right? I would never say to somebody, hey, handle this idea with care, right? <laughs> I, I, I do I think in the back of my head, if someone's going, here's this idea, and uh, there was the, the, the dub, right, uh, that came through, and someone was putting their time and their energy and their creative space onto a dub of a song, and I, I kind of went, I'm going to handle this with care. And before my knee jerk reaction happened before, like I started the, I don't like this or I love this. I just sat with it. And mm. I understood that someone, uh, because they wanted to add and it wanted to sort of like, you know, strike out and do that for us. 
you know, I wanted to handle that like sort of energy and that like good vibe and that positive motion. I wanted to handle that with care, man. And, and for sure, that's been my mantra. I mean, and you know, me and Obi have been doing, you know, a few things and we brought Jono in and it, it's always when you go, here's this idea. And, uh, I, you always wait for what comes out of that, that idea out of the person their filter, right? So when mm-hmm. we kind of threw some ideas at Jono and he pushed it through his filter, you know, that relief of, hey, we're on the same page. And that relief of someone taking it in and taking time and taking energy and wanting to be a part, man, that that makes everything great in the world to me, right? And because I do, I crave like the connection. I crave that like chemical mm-hmm. reaction of other people. And when I'm sitting and when we're talking or if I'm sitting and and working with somebody or on the phone and we're working together, dude, like I crave that. I crave that chemical like sort of bond and that like sparks of here's the idea. They bounce it back. I bounce it back to them. And that creates this relationship and that creates a bond and that trust becomes unspoken and a super, super, super cool thing. Agreed. I think there's also Agreed. like a, a positive sense of ownership when it comes to that thing too. So there's the ego side of it where it's, I invested this, like you're all idiots. This is my world. <laughs> but the other side of it is uh, we together own this thing, you know, like, cause my favorite feeling in the world is drinking coffee. And then second is, uh, it's making something from nothing Reach. and yeah. there is no better feeling. So for example, like, and this sounds strange, but like, if I want to do a drum video, for example, I I'll like throughout the day, like watch it and go, that's cool. I made that. That's yeah. the thing I can watch now. Or if like, there's a song or whatever, an idea, like I get like a craving to check the thing out that I just did because it's that rewarding feeling of Hell here's yeah. the tangible thing that used to be in my brain. Now I'm holding it. Um, so when it comes to collaboration and stuff like that, I think the best thing is we own this because if it was just me, it would be this version, but together it's this version. And that's super important. Yeah. No, it's cool. Like last night, a mix of something came through, you know, and like before I sent it to Vinny, like I, I, you know, I played it and dude, I was amped, you know, I was like standing up digging it normally sits down getting getting my dance on you know like it's late at night everybody's asleep i'm just doing the tom cruise and and that that's that is beautiful man you know and you know i do think i do think that like creating during the pandemic though has the idea like when you share the idea i'm no longer in the same room with anybody else right so Mm -hmm. there's that freedom to like kind of also just really take it in but to me makes it actually more special because if like I can if I can like be on my own or, or Jono or, or Vinny, whoever like on your own and you take it through your filters and then you can bring it back and still be like on the same ride with that other person, you know, it almost makes it that much more special. And like that's the best part about everything that we do and that we get to do together, because one of my favorite things is, dude, I just want to build up my friends. I want to like do mm-hmm. stuff with my friends and I want to build them up. And I want to champion them. And like, if I can carry a flag for them, whatever it is, dude, sign me up, you know? And to me, like when you're, when you're creating out of like that mindset and that heart set, that's, that's when it's just like a win-win who cares what happens with the project after that, you know? Yeah. Well, you yeah. know, it, it's 
when you're, you know, take what you were saying, but go into once you're, you know, you're championing your friends and, and you're doing all that and everything feels good. There's still work that has to be done. Mm -hmm. Right. And there's still like yeah. <laughs> every, everything, everything else. And sometimes that doesn't feel good to go, Hey, you are doing this. Someone else is having beers at the bar, you know, like, <laughs> right. you're, you're feeling stressed and, uh, you're, you're shaking because you had too much coffee. Right. And, uh, you're scattered because there's too many things to do. And someone else is not like in that headspace that you're in right with it. So, uh, dude, I'm all for like the positive vibe of, of, of working together and being a champion of everybody knowing that they're going to be a champion back. But man, like you also day by day for me, it's, the needle has to move a little bit forward. Absolutely. Like, the needle continues just in the same groove. It, it doesn't work for me every time and every day, like I'm working on something, I have to leave that and go, yeah, I felt yeah. that this, this pushed forward a little bit. And dude, there's, there's been big projects and, and there is big projects that are bounds that like just getting that little, little, you know, movement forward, you know, taking a, huge iceberg and just pushing it just a little mm -hmm. bit up uh, yeah I, I feel i feel good about that and just like what you're saying jano where you go hey i i had this idea and now i'm holding something tangible right like mm -hmm. even for me though even a tangible not really but just the idea of i feel that it's been worked through and now the idea is moving just a little bit more forward like dude i, I I'm, I'm living for that man and what makes yeah. it even sweeter is when other people are doing the same thing, you know, and you're sitting around and you're like kind of lost in your head. You get a text, you know, I got a text from Hobie and go, you got to check this out. Like this is, this happened. You go, oh, this is, this is great. And like, it, br it brings you up and it makes, yeah, I'm working. Somebody else is working, yeah. you know, and this, this person's working, you know, it's the same thing when you, you know, sent over some ideas, Jono and to me and Hobie, oh, this, this happened and we didn't have to like labor over it or push somebody into, you know, it. Yeah. And, and that's a, that's cool it's like feeling. a Bob Ross happy little surprise, right? Like the happy <laughs> little trees just appeared. Yeah, that, that, that happened to me like recently, like I'm working remotely with a friend in Orlando on music and I totally, I forgot that I'd sent him like a song that had like, um, like four parts in it and he was going to do the rest. And then he sent me back basically the finished product. And it was like the craziest thing. I was like, oh my God, I forgot about this song. And now it's a million times better. And it's, it's real now. And it, it was like the coolest feeling in the world. But like to make your point, Vinny, about moving the needle is like, I have to work every day just a little bit to move like whatever project I'm working on, just a little tiny bit. And it, it drives some of the people around me nuts that like I get up really early in the morning to like just write. Um, and if I can get like 500 words out, great. If it's 2000 words, great. But even if it's 50 words, as long as like, if I'm working on a novel, man, it's, it's gotta have something on the page, even if it's shit every day. And that just, that the act of creation keeps you going. But at some point too, I was going to say like, it's the same idea of having like a daily to-do list, yeah. but not doing any of the things on it. Like that to me is the most nerve wracking thing in the whole entire universe, but kind of going based on what Vinny said, you know, you start like scheduling, you start planning stuff out. And it's like, if you know, you got to move an iceberg, it's not just you anymore. You have 
maybe a thousand people, but you have to manually move each person. But there's ways of streamlining that. And by, you know, trusting in other human beings, that's how that stuff finally happens, you know? It's almost a concentric circle, if you will. Yeah, yeah. I, I love that. But I, I think that's that's important. That's you're so clever. You must be a writer. <laughs> but I think that's important to to kind of point out too is that like, you know, we all have that. Like, there's three different calendars that I've got to check to see like where we're at on whatever particular project we're working on. You know, Sometimes you can check the other ones. Yeah, <laughs> but at the same time too, like, so trust that like trust is a discipline. Like, so yeah. People, I think, sometimes don't think about it that way. Like, I've got to choose to trust you. I've got to choose trust in whatever situation that I'm in. I've got to practice it. Um, and and that takes years, you know? That, that takes years of, like, being crapped on and being let down. And yeah. that takes years of trying to figure out how to communicate to other people and communicate expectations. But, yeah, trust is, as much as we practice our craft, whatever it might be, like, Trust is something you've got to constantly be like practicing over and over and over again. And it's all about refinement too, because if you're yeah. not refining it along the way, you know, you end up in the same position where, you know, you are needling the thread in the same spot over and over and over again. Yeah. And what happens if you trust the wrong person though? I don't want to get negative or anything, but sometimes you give trust when it's unwarranted and it can blow up in your face. And so that's part of the cultivation of the trust is learning how to, to both give and receive and, and use it properly, I guess. Yeah, but man, it's, 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 you know, sort of what Obi said, it's, it's something that you have to learn how to do and you have to, you know, throughout the years, you, you refine, you know, the, the, the things that you look for in people and your partners and whether that be businesses or whether that be in just, you know, creative projects, whatever it is, like, you know, that the trust is not only built up between people and between groups of people, but it's you knowing what you're looking for in that partner in a project, right? And yeah. you know, I have friends that are graphic artists and I do some graphic artwork now, right? And there's some people that will micromanage you until you're just like, this is, this is crazy. Why? You should do it because you've just sent me 13 texts. We've had two FaceTime calls and <laughs> two more calls on top of that to move things a little bit over here or change a hue a little bit. And that that's crazy to me because if they wanted my input, they would have just let me do that with these parameters of what they were looking for. Right. So it, it, it's, it's wild, man. And the thing that I've learned, I feel through the years, it's that I, I want to go yes like this is this is abc of what i'm looking for and if abc comes back and that's what i want i want everything to be that two-way street of here's what i'm asking for and here's what i'm getting back and it feels good and it took me a long time to learn that and to refine that idea you know and yeah. i have other friends though that are graphic designers that are like dude i'm better alone like I'm better, I'm better alone than I am with people. Like sit me in front of a computer and give me an idea. And a few hours later, it'll be exactly what you want. Just let me work on it I, without any input. And that's dude, that's a wild thing, man. That, and I said it before earlier, I'm jealous of those people. I'm jealous yeah. like, of like, <laughs> like, I got this. It's cool. 
like and move over and and then it happens it's crazy and when it's like super casual too like uh i don't know if you guys know craig horky he's like one of my actually he did literally both of those right behind me um nice. well, that gets a game he is an amazing artist and we worked on a few comics in the past together and the way he operates is yeah man i was thinking this 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 blah 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 this 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 he goes cool that's his email back <laughs> and then, I'll, and like, then he, then he just executes yeah and i'm like hey, dude everything good he's like yeah i should have it tonight i'm like that's amazing tonight? Wow. and i'm like what and like i don't know i have him sitting around somewhere but he did our um our wedding uh what was supposed to be the actual day of our wedding like posters and stuff mm-hmm. and he animated uh my fiance and i and our cats like all playing and like it's almost like a like huh. 50s cartoon like cool man kind of thing like a monkey style looking thing um but the way he operates is okay and then i don't have to check on him or anything and he just delivers time after time and that's how it's just they're wired that way because they have to be you know alex is like that alex who you know who we've been working with is is like that you know like when Vinny first called me about it i was like oh do we have to bring in alex because I knew that between the three of us, like we have different sort of tastes. So it would sort of like, I just knew we were going to be able to kind of come together, but he's a dude that is just like, oh yeah, like, yeah, you're going to send me lyrics. Like, yeah, he can send you like five different versions of a song if you wanted to. And just like, yep, just pick, just pick whatever you want, you know, just do whatever you want, you know, but back to um, like Jim's question, I, I I know, I don't know. I wonder how you guys feel about this. I've got like my fail safes. Like when you said when trust goes wrong, like I, I tend mm-hmm. to trust a lot. And then when it's broken, I stop. So I have these, I know in my head, like when the, it's just time to go, like when it's just time to be done. And, you know, I'm also weird. Like, pain, uh, <laughs> 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 and, and but I'm also like that on a personal level. Like, it's just like, it's just kind of like, I don't know. It's like intuition. It's just kind of like, you know, you know, you have this ability to just sort of read the room and know a where it's going and be like who you will be friends with and who like what relationships with will work and what won't but mm. i because i have to keep practicing trust I, I i do go through the process and then yeah i've got these fail safes man so once once bam 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 happens it's like hey it's cool man i'm sorry but <laughs> I'm, I'm done i gotta go because otherwise i'm just gonna bang my head through the wall you know well, so you, it's kind of just stubborn to not you know, listen to life when it's telling you something, you know, for sure. That's a great way to say it. Yeah. Yeah. And it's kind of interesting. You, you've used the word practice um, many times when referring to trust. And I keep thinking of it like, like you're like some sort of Zen guru talking about <laughs> mindfulness because it's, it's kind of the same thing because you have to be mindful of your feelings towards another person and whether you think they're going to be a good person for the relationship or the project or whatever. Totally. So, yeah. So thank yeah. you. Obi Wan. Ah, uh, you were gonna, uh, that's, it. that's actually one of my fail safes. So we're yeah. done. <laughs> that was three yeah. fail safes. <laughs> that's three in one. <laughs> um, so, have any of you guys watched The Last Dance yet? Oh, I just blanked out. Oh, the Michael Jordan thing? Yeah. Dude, so good. It's so good. Oh, and, it's beautiful. So, I've, I have only cared about sports for about five years of my life, and it was during that era of the Bulls. Which, oh, that's cool. Oh, man. It, like, I am A, so nostalgic because I lived in a Chicago suburb, like during like the like the repeat, the three peat and all that stuff. 
Mm -hmm. Uh, So initially I was just watching it out of nostalgia. And then the more you watch it, the more you realize you're like, Michael Jordan was a dick to his team. And and it wasn't in the sense of like, you're a dumbass, I hate you, blah, blah, blah. But it was more of like, I know what I want and I will be completely uncompromising to make this happen. And then the things he was constantly saying would happen because he was that way, you know? And like there, a lot of those interviews, the way you're talking to, or you're watching the guys talk, they're being very honest and they're like, he was an asshole. (laughs) In retrospect, he was absolutely right because all of those dudes trusted him. Not once were they like, yeah, right. Like there's no way that's going to happen. They're like, no, he's, he's the best. (laughs) Well, do you think, do you think that you have to be, an asshole to have people trust you do you think that you have to be a person has to be so matter of fact that everyone around them goes yeah we acquiesce he, he must know what he's talking about like is there any way to be cool and a leader and have people you know trust you and go here it is you know and you know, we had uh it, it's uh my you know one of my best friends and uh, godfather to my daughter. He was our tour manager, less than Jake, right, for uh, some years. And I, we used to call him the general. He was, you know, he was an 82nd Airborne and he <laughs> was gnarly, like the, the best guy now, but even uh, the best tour manager at the time, right? And I said it to, to him back then and, and even to this day, if he said, dude, we're going up that mountain and we're going to go do X, Y, Z, I'd be like, I'm there. I, I will I will follow you up there. But, you know, he's a hard ass, but he knows exactly. His brain is already four or five steps ahead, and he's ready when he's saying, this is what we're going to do. We're going to go, right? Mm-hmm. But I, I, I kind of think, is there any case that you go, hey, you know, that guy was very soft-spoken, and he treated everybody nice, and everybody still trusted him. Like, well, for me, it's it's results-based trust, you know, to me, that would always hate using the word now, but that would always trump that. Um, (laughs) So for example, like Steve jobs, like everyone was like, Oh, like if he wasn't a dick, blah, blah, blah. And then all of his coworkers from the time were just straight up like, no, he could have done the exact same stuff and just been nice. Fuck that dude. And like, there's (laughs) moments like that to where you're like, Oh damn. So even like, uh, I mean, again, I don't know on a personal level, but like I hear things like Dave Grohl, like in that sense to where like he at least, even if you're kind of like to the point, matter of fact, whatever, you can still treat people with respect. And like, maybe that has to do with getting paid or, you know what I mean? Like there's these other things where it's like, A, I'm doing it because it's a job and I'm getting paid to exist here or B, this person genuinely cares about me and I will walk off that cliff with them, you know? Yeah, I think... You know, <clears throat> it's funny to me because I think there's a few factors involved in that initial question. I think I think it really it's relationship based. And so it's the relationship that I have with Vinny may be different than the relationship I have with somebody else, depending on what we have to do. But the principle of like having enough relational equity between both people, I think that's what really matters. You know, because like, you think about it, like, you know, if I, if I put on like my dad hat for a second, right? Like, I don't need to be like that drill sergeant to like my daughter for her to like understand that like this is what's going on. But like, you know what I mean? Or, 
even in like westbound like you know what i mean there were there were things that i was after there were things that i that i was trying to do at a certain time and there were certain conversations that you could have with people um and then there were different conversations that you had to have with other people to to just move the needle a little bit forward you know what i mean just that band dynamic so i do think you can be i do think that if you have someone who is doesn't necessarily have to be soft-spoken but is approaching it like on, on a nicer side of things i think and is reasonable i think that's the key right can you be reasonable like are you a good listener are you are you do people around you feel like hey can i actually am i going to trust you or am i going to be just suspicious of you all the time you know what and i mean inside of that too so i've had plenty of soft-spoken very nice people who were bad at the things they did and regardless of their behavior i immediately went turned off like it's done and i i can't follow this person for those reasons you know if someone was great and was also a total dickhead me being me because i'm like a snotty little punk kid i would go i'm good but there's that like balance of like if you are being harsh for the sake of a project and it's passion and it's not like and again this isn't me saying i'm like a pain daddy or something where i'm like you have to be me for me to trust you but more <laughs> hey, can you like, can you say pain daddy again please <laughs> <laughs> daddy <laughs> um pain daddy uh <laughs> but like the idea of you know it's just great getting to say pain daddy on the first time <laughs> yeah um but like when it comes down to that though you know i want people who do things and they get results uh, if someone is a pushover that to me is more dangerous than being a dick and still getting things done you know so there's there's a balance where you yeah. obviously don't have to act a certain way but yeah. for me as an individual I will trust and respect you if you put out a product or do a thing that ultimately is good. Yeah, yeah. If, if I see that you're good at what you do, like if you're a pushover, it never really works ever. And I actually I think that has nothing to do with anybody else. I think pushover, it's on that that individual, you know, a hundred percent. Because it's like if you're the pushover, like you can't blame the other person. It's just like they might just be like in like existential crisis, or they just might be in like you know. I don't know if I like red or if I like blue. And that pusher is going to be like, yeah, I don't know either. Whatever you, you know, whatever you want, you know, if, if why you, not both? Yeah, exactly. If you can't, if that person not like, well, hey, like the project actually calls for red. So we're going to go with red. Cool. Okay, great. Let's keep going. I think it's a hundred percent on that, on that person, you know, if you're going to be a, a pushover. So that's, that's interesting. You know, maybe pushovers are just pain daddies. <laughs> Well, we gotta we gotta do a remix, just pain daddy remix. <laughs> Dude, but Vinny, like yeah. your your approach to things is always interesting to me because like you're you're not a hard ass in projects. You're a super passionate dude and you communicate that passion and then and then things things happen. You know what I mean? It's not like you're you know, you're not the general. I'm I'm very measured when it comes to my response on things even if i'm very uh very hurt or very angry or very happy like i'm i'm pretty level and and my reaction and thought is is always fairly measured and it's measured against who i'm talking to and who i'm dealing with and i always thought that was the way to be i always looked at other people that were emotional they would get angry or they ride this high or ride the low. I, I never understood that. I always thought that, hey, this is the measured response. You know, if someone 
hit me in the face, I would hit them back with equal, if not stronger force, right? Like, but that's a measured response. I wouldn't go punch someone in the face first. That's just not how I am as a person, right? So I think that, I don't know. It's like when we've been working together, all four of us, whether it comes to uh, this and beyond, you know, and I've worked with, with everybody here, right? Uh, and different things and uh, past projects and present projects and future projects. I've, I've never, I've never felt that, oh yeah, like this is my thing, right? This is like, you could conform to what my thoughts are, you know? And I think that that's the projects that we worked on together were better for it. That you have to mm -hmm. take direction and you have to give direction and having those measured responses back and forth that's the beautiful thing, man. That that's exactly. just that thing for me that I, I, I get off on. I think it's fair. Like I, I've never, I've never been into pain daddies. Right? Like I, <laughs> I've, I've only, I've only known measured response and, so, and so, in, a, in a thoughtful way. Right. Like, who was the, the guy? Like, um, he did the at the drive-in record, uh, something Ross. Uh, Not, Rick uh, Ross. Not Rick Ross. Uh, yeah, Ross. I, I almost said Rick that. Rick Rubin. Um, not Rick Rubin. It's no. Ross. Ross. Atticus, not Atticus Ross. There's a uh, Ross, something Ross. Ross, Ross from Friends. Ross from Friends did it. <laughs> yeah. Um, Ross Robinson, is that a thing? Yeah. yeah. Yes. Um, so anyway, the guy that produced uh, the At the Drive-In record, everyone was always like, man, like the guy, like he was like screaming at him and like shoving him, like getting him ready. And then everyone's like, that's what made that record so cool. And they were like, no, we would have gotten the, better if not you know or as good if not better takes if this dude wasn't being a dickhead to us and it was a distraction um, and that's the same kind of thing where it's like yeah. people act like the process is so important like um there's yeah. another producer that like i would always hear like oh he like made this guy run around a building and run in and start screaming and then i would listen to it and go it just sounds like screaming with a bunch of filters on it like i, I yeah, didn't know breath. that thing happened you know you know? well, didn't like Phil Spector like hold a gun on on like Johnny Ramone or something during like <laughs> one take? So like that, yeah, that's ridiculous. It's it, pretty good, dude. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah, it's subjective too, though. Yeah, you know we less than Jake thing, right? Uh, uh, recorded with Rob Cavallo for Anthem, and I thought that his headspace was always the best headspace out of, of the producers that I've worked with, and his approach was half psychological, right? He wanted to like know about the song and know about lyrics and keep the vibe so buttery and so awesome that everyone just wanted to work harder and smarter and, and do it. And it, it was beautiful. And, and people go, well, what made him great? It wasn't the tones, which were great, right? But he had that psychological approach and the technical approach. And that's where that, that middle ground, man. And, and I, I think that when you talk about people who want to like, you know, use extreme tactics for extreme reaction, it's completely lost on me. It just makes me want to shut down and just yeah, go, no, like, it's just not, a gimmick. Not not yeah. Got it. yeah. I mean, like one of my favorite experiences, but doesn't necessarily mean that it, it produced like, I, it produced a, a great environment and which again goes back to that just like building that relational equity you know like i remember making a record and we would wake up every morning and we'd have breakfast together and like we'd go for walks 
and like we would just kind of like it was like super it was like living on a commune for a minute you know what i mean and yeah. just like we would talk about musical ideas and like but that's the thing right like that's that's why like band world is so interesting at times because it's so far removed from reality at some point you know what mm. i mean like there's other people who are creating and it's they're creating under like crazy deadlines and they're creating like under these circumstances and it's like oh i'm just gonna go for a walk i gotta do some vocals later you know eat some breakfast you know what i mean like <laughs> but yeah i feel great like yeah, yeah let's let's do it you know and versus now i think all of us are in much different situations where it's like oh dude I, I've got this deadline, we've got to meet this deadline and oh man, I've got to pay my my mortgage and I've got to do, you know, it, it's a it's a whole nother thing. So in this context, I definitely don't need anybody like in my face screaming at me. You know <laughs> what I mean? Because it's like, dude, back up, you know, but yeah, it, there's just it's just it's a different set of circumstances these days, which I think for me ties in more and more like why I believe it's so it's just it's such a discipline practicing trust. It's such a, you know, relational equity is super, super important. Um, building people up is super important. And and something that I know I need to improve on is just being clearer on that vision, clearer on giving other people vision. That's that's definitely a, an area where I think I need to improve a lot. Yeah. I need to improve on just gaining vision because sometimes like I don't, I'm all over the place. I don't even know, man. You know, like sometimes I think I have the right vision and then I'll get another idea that'll take over. I'm like the shiny, shiny object guy. And that's why working in like a, a collaborative environment is where I do the best because someone can like respectfully shut, shoot down like a ridiculous idea I have for the sake of the project. And then, uh, and of course, like afterwards, I'm like, oh yeah, that was a dumb idea. And then it just lifts the entire thing up better and it becomes greater than the sum of its parts so but over time yeah. you start you know the ideas that you generate will hopefully fit project x more you know what i mean yeah because yeah, like yeah, yeah yeah i'm like my brain is firing on all cylinders all the time whether that yeah. be bad and if i'm not writing this stuff down or taking voice memos or doing whatever like recording whatever um yeah. you know i i those will go and then again i'll see a squirrel outside or i have to like yep. get like cat poop out of the litter box or like and it just like shuts me out of that magic moment and that's like the older we all get the more we get into that zone where like you like i think about um you know when i was first getting into songwriting and comfortable enough and like feeling like responsible enough to be able to do it and i would stay up to like four in the morning and i would have an acoustic guitar and i'd look outside and it was raining and i would be in this like this vibe where I'm like, I'm an artist. Like, this is what it feels like. And then now that'll happen. And then it'll be like a little kid riding their bike down the street and like tripping and then their parents running out like, are you okay? And I'm like, I was writing a song about like crushing capitalism. Like you're ruining this, you know? <laughs> like, like, and, and I feel like that's part of all of our processes where like the, the joy of collaborating with other people is having that thing to bounce something off of. So that way we're not, you know, doomed to live in our, like, our self-cyclical ways and finally be able to go, hey, we could all do this together. And now it's guaranteeing results rather than just going, well, it'd be cool if this happened. Well, time to retreat again, you know, because that yeah. happens to everyone. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's, it's you, you start to live in your own head after a while, right? You know, and you start to go, oh, this is what the idea and this is, you know, I, I alone am going to be the martyr and championing this idea for to give it to the world. And, 
that, that's just bullshit to me, right? I, that never like, that never worked. And that for me, it never worked. And when I look at other people who do it, I kind of go like, dude, if, if we talked about it, it would have been better. And it would have been a, a vibe. Yeah. And it would have, we would have gotten over the finish line together, man. And, and that's ultimately speaking, like with trust, right? And I, I'll, I'll wrap up my thought on it real quick, right? Mm-hmm. And like with trust for me, it's taking something and pushing it and then having other people help you push it to the finish line. And everyone looks at each other and says, that was that was awesome. You know, not begging for it, not having someone scream at it, not like trying to like battle someone for it. It's just this very cool balance that happens that people get on board and it, it, you take this, this spark and it becomes this other thing and it, it gets over the finish line. Everyone looks at each other and went, yeah, that's great, man. You know, thanks. That's solid. Yeah. Solid. That's, I that's think, a good place to wrap. That's good uh, yeah, I think you could just kind of wrap that up, man. You, yeah. Does anyone else have anything to add? <laughs> the only thing I want to add to that are two words. Yeah. Pain daddy. Pain daddy. <laughs> well, well, cool. You know, next week we have uh, someone else coming in and, and talk yeah. with us. Uh, if you want to check his workout, uh, it's Eyeball Fortress on Instagram. Devin Watson has his name. He's an awesome designer, and we're working together with him on some projects. And it's going to be good, man. Just a stranger in the the nest. Uh, yeah. Next week. In awesome. the trust tree. This is but, our little trust tree. Well, cool, man. Uh, like I said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do a plug real quick before we go. Uh, yeah, plug it up. Yeah, I have uh, my second book that's coming out, 619, coming out June 24th. Uh, if you could check it out, that would mean the world to me. My second novel, Ace Tucker Space Trucker 2, The Wrath of Ace, just came out. It's available on Amazon.com, so go get that right about now. Anybody else plug away? Got no plugs. Just hang <laughs> And then and hanging. Um, the only thing I'll plug for this episode, I'm doing a thing called Beats for Bail. Um, I'm raising money for bailout.org to help... Um, a lot of the people that are getting arrested for peacefully protesting for uh, and getting arrested for very dumb reasons after police brutality, that kind of stuff. So the program is essentially, I'll, I will record drums on your song for a hundred bucks. I'm donating all, all of the money to bailproject.org. Um, we've raised fi- actually over 1500 bucks in the first week and I have another week to go. Um, so if you go anywhere, John O'Diener is my uh, Instagram, Twitter name, and the email is not safe to drink at gmail.com uh, because Flint. And uh, yeah, go ahead and email me and we'll work something out and we'll raise money for a good cause. Oh yeah, man. That's great. Solid. Right on. Well, yeah, thank you. That'll do it for Concentric Circles. Be sure to check out our website, concentriccircles.cc, where you can find out all our social media and all that other goodies. You guys have a good night, and we'll see you next time. Yeah. Peace out. Pain daddy. Pain daddy. Did we win? <laughs>